Hello and welcome to another episode of Word of Mouth, the evangelization podcast of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I'm your host, Michael Horn. It's great to be with you all again. And today we have a wonderful guest, Matt Costa. Matt is a freshman at Merrimack, and he is generous enough to share his story with us today. So we're looking forward to hearing Matt's words and his personal journey of faith and how he has really encountered the Lord and has decided to share our Lord with other people. And just a reminder to our listeners uh, before we begin today, just if you don't want to miss an episode of the Word of Mouth podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, Stitcher, or any other podcast app that's out there. Just search for the Archdiocese of St. Louis to find us. Once you've subscribed, make sure to rate us and share us with all of your friends. We just would love to continue to grow our listenership and to spread the good news to more and more people in our wonderful Archdiocese of St. Louis. So Matt, how are you doing as we begin today? Doing pretty well. Great, great. Thanks for being with us, and thanks for being willing to share your story. We'll just get started here. Just to, If you could tell us a little bit about your background and, and your childhood and growing up, and just basically some interests that you have in your life. Sure. So I am the second youngest of five siblings, Catholic family, mostly cradle Catholic kind of situation. I've grown up in St. Louis my whole life. For the first few years, it was over in the city, but now it's been South County out in Oakville right now. I went to DeBerg High School, which good times. Currently, like you said, I'm at Merrimack studying music education, probably transferring to something else. Don't know what quite yet, but that's where I am. And then I'm really into music, like guitar, bass, drums, piano. And if you've ever seen Modern Yo-Yoing, very interesting. It's a fun time. I also really enjoy like video games, reading Stories of Saints. Just recently read Story of a Soul by St. Therese of Lisieux, which was absolutely gorgeous. And currently I'm reading The Diary of St. Faustina, which quite the story. Awesome. So you are definitely our first guest that is this expert modern yo-yo person. So this is, you're very unique. So just be proud of that. Well, thanks. So, yeah, so that's awesome. And could you tell us a couple of your favorite bands if you're such a such a music sure. fanatic? Yeah. This band, they're on hiatus right now. I think they're probably just going to be gone like for good. But mm-hmm. they're from St. Louis called Ludo. Sure. Really yeah. interesting band. They don't quite have one particular sound to them. Like they have one album where basically every single song seems like it's a different musical style. They're really good. And in terms of like Christian music, most people I actually don't like, except I really like Matt Marr a lot. And sure. then Audrey Assad, she's really good. Sure. Yeah, then just songs here or there. Not really one general band or style, just whatever sounds good I'll listen to. Okay, awesome. So you mentioned how you grew up in a pretty solid Catholic family. And if you could just talk a little bit more about your personal faith journey and how you have met the Lord in your life. Sure. I, growing up, obviously, not like a lot of kids, not a perfect child, made a lot of mistakes, did a lot of stupid things. For the most part, just stayed pretty solid in my faith until middle school was good, eighth grade, started going to youth group through like freshman and sophomore year of high school. And then about the end of the sophomore year of high school, I kind of started to fall away from the faith a bit. That just lasted for about a good year until the middle of my junior year, I kind of fell into like sort of a deep depression, like had a bunch of mental health issues. I guess there's like a quote from Fulton Sheen, sometimes the only way God can get into hearts is to break them. And that was the kind of thing that happened to me there because I was just like at the lowest of all lows in my life. And I kind of like came back to the church at that time. And a lot of it really started like with my parents, but then like was brought even further along when 
I went to confession with Father Connor Sullivan, just excellent priest. He was the associate pastor at my parish at the time, and he really helped me. And then the, the pastor there at the time, and still today, Father Anthony Yates, also was very helpful to me and just like getting life on track and just coming back to the faith and making me who I am today. And even today, like Father Yates is still my spiritual director mm-hmm. and definitely very good guide to have in this life. Now I'm at a place of trying to grow in holiness, stop doing stupid little things I shouldn't do, pray more, give less time to like video games and yo-yoing and more to stuff like reading the lives of the saints and not to say like you should shut those other things out totally but you know like don't ever do it just really trying to keep at loving god the best i can sure excellent yeah shout out father yates shout out father sullivan two awesome priests of our archdiocese of st louis so thank you for all the wonderful work that you do and the impact that you had with matt's life so this is awesome and matt just mentioned too how it's so important for us to be engaged in the lives of the saints and to find those spiritual guides along this journey of life and to reach out to people that can really help us and guide us back to the truth, especially when we've fallen, when we're in sin, and just we need somebody to lift us up. So that's beautiful. So thank you to Father Sullivan, Father Yates, and all the good priests of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Amen. Yeah. And so, Matt, the next thing, next question I have for you is just kind of as we look today, because we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, obviously, but kind of looking into the future as well. What sort of calling do you feel in your life? What sort of mission or dreams do you have for your life? I guess kind of my dream for my life, so to speak, is just whatever God wants me to do, I want to do. I don't quite know what that is. And it makes it kind of hard seeing as I find stuff like missionary work or an extremely closer to religious life and the priesthood and marriage, like all those things just sound fantastic. They have their goods and their sacrifices not quite sure where I'm supposed to be yet, but definitely trying to keep my heart open to God mm-hmm. and really going for whatever he wants me to do. I would say in like whatever I do, I really want to like my main goal being like guiding others to Christ, whether that be like through children as a father or through my people as a priest or like praying for conversions as a religious and just really trying to gather people to love Christ so he has like just more people consoling his heart and loving him and that's basically that I guess sure and so you have like a great gift of zeal for others and a concern for other souls and the desire to pray for others around you so if you decided just again hypothetically if you weren't a religious or a priest what sort of jobs would you consider in your life yeah probably like something involving teaching like I said earlier, I'm majoring in music education, probably transferring away from that. But some other teaching, whether it be math, English, mm-hmm. really just general elementary teaching, just something that involves helping direct the lives of others, I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. And so who would you say, Matt, are your role models in life? I really like Therese of Lisieux, actually, and like the whole idea of being a little child to God, because that's something that... I've really been blessed to realize more and more in my life, especially recently, is how I literally can do absolutely nothing without God. Like, everything is his mercy. I'm just, like, a little infant who can't live without their parents. Sure. She, like, really inspires me to live that kind of way. I also really like Fulton Sheen, who, not quite a saint yet, only venerable, (laughs) but just really wise man. Just the way he understands people and, like, life very well is something I really try to imitate and do in my own life 
And then I always say, if I were to become a priest someday, I'd really want to try to be like a modern John Vianney, Mm -hmm. like converting hundreds of souls, way more than dozens, because he was John Vianney, (laughs) and just try to guide as many people to God as I can, like I was saying earlier. Very cool. And so, Matt, the last question in this opening part of the show, how would you define evangelization if somebody said, what does that word mean to you? I would define evangelization as bringing God's merciful love throughout the whole world so that all people can love him as they were made to do so Mm -hmm. and just come to union with him. Beautiful and concise. Very cool. Very cool. So that's what evangelization is. That's what it is, bringing God's merciful love to people, all people that we encounter so that they can also come to know and love him. That's awesome. Thank you. And so today, in light of Matt's faith journey, we're going to have a little bit different type of catechesis, so it won't be as informational or didactic in nature. It'll be more practical as far as the use of social media and how we interact with other people. So Matt's a very young man, certainly is involved with social media and uses that as an outlet for evangelization in his own life. And so we're just going to talk about evangelizing through social media, especially through humor and the use of memes. And so this is certainly a different type of catechesis, like I mentioned, in that it's more practical. And just another tip for us as we seek to bring the gospel to other people through the use of social media. And so we can evangelize in our lives through the use of humor and these wonderful memes that have been created. And so social media in itself has opened up a lot of opportunities for us to spread the gospel. And we as faithful Catholics on the internet have discovered the power of memes to educate others about Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. So in the online world, a meme is a concept. It's usually an image with words or phrases that convey some sort of message that gets passed on from person to person via blogs and social media sites like Facebook and Twitter and other social media sites. So memes are really powerful because they're visual and they're punching and they're easy to share. So they get around to a lot of people very quickly. They're a popular form of communication today. People can link to them on Facebook and Twitter, like I said, and they can reach thousands of people very quickly in a very simple way. Humor that's found in these Catholic memes helps remind Catholics that despite the many trials that we face in the Catholic Church and the many scandals that have unfortunately happened in our church, that we as Catholics can be people of joy, we can be people that are lighthearted about our faith while teaching the truth. Memes promote apologetics and lessons about our faith and can create discussions in the comment boxes between faithful Catholics and non-Catholics alike because humor is the easiest way that we find often to disarm people. And so very often we use humor just to kind of lighten a mood or to ease tension and to kind of build unity and peace between people. And so it's a great way to kind of disarm people and to let them be open to what we have to say. Memes provide a great forum for us to dialogue with atheists and other people who are away from the faith and those people that disagree with the teachings of the Catholic Church. So these memes give us a wonderful chance to evangelize, to give apologetics, and to really teach people about the truth of the Catholic faith. Memes are a wonderful way to expose stereotypes or misconceptions that people might have about the Catholic faith. They help with our mission of evangelizing and moving people toward the Catholic Church and away from falsehood and lies that common culture often gives to us today. 
So these memes also can lead people to the Bible. They can lead them to an encounter with Jesus Christ, whether it's in the Bible itself or in the sacraments of the Catholic Church. One popular Catholic meme has the tagline, hashtag things Jesus never said. And this is a really great meme as well, because it shows the truth about a lot of lies that are pervading the culture today and various things that people say that are often part of this kind of modern phenomenon of therapeutic moral deism. And so it's just this kind of rampant idea that's very just misguided in a lot of ways about who God is and how he interacts in our lives. And so it it often just tells us that we just need to be nice people or that God's up there, but he doesn't really care what we do and all these things. And he's there with us when we absolutely need him, but not otherwise. And so there's a lot of lies around God, around Jesus Christ in that sort of thinking. And so this tagline, hashtag things Jesus never said, just really exposes a lot of those lies and shows what Jesus actually said in the scriptures and what he actually taught us and the truths that we can find. And so this tagline and the community that's been established around that tagline actually has more than 18,000 followers on Facebook to this date, which is really awesome. And so that's just one among many types of memes that are used today in the Catholic world to present truths of the Bible, of things that Jesus actually said, and to help us to know him better and to love him better, as Matt said earlier. So both Catholics and non-Catholic Christians alike have found these memes to be very helpful. They remind us that we as Christians need to be more humble and more loving to others. Mixing humor and the truth in a non-threatening way really gets people thinking about the deep questions we face as humans in a very free manner. Catholic memes are a great way to spread our faith and to let people know exactly what we believe in the fullness of the truth. They are too short and amusing to be preachy, and if someone who doesn't believe has a question about a particular meme, they could probe to find out more about the truth that's being conveyed in that meme. So it's a blessing for us to use these sort of things. But one caveat, just to mention about the use of memes, is that it's important to be truthful and faithful to the gospel in our presentation of memes. And so oftentimes we want to use humor or present something in a simplified way, but we often risk being fully truthful and faithful to the gospel. And so it's important for us to avoid using misleading memes and messages. There's a fine line that separates lighthearted humor from irreverence or falsehood. And so that's really important for us to keep in mind as we attempt to evangelize through the use of memes, especially humorous ones. So if there's any question, if you should post a particular meme or some sort of uh, social media post, it's important to refrain from posting it if there's any question, like I said. So if you have any doubt in your mind about it, it's probably best not to post it. And if it's not doctrinally sound, don't share it. And so Gabe Jones gave an awesome presentation at a Theology on Tap recently, and he he mentioned how when he posts something, typically he has someone else read it and approve it just to have another set of eyes, hopefully another set of pious eyes on it as well, just to see if it's true, if it's going to lead people closer to Jesus Christ and the Catholic Church. So that's kind of a good baseline to use. It's kind of a good guide to consider when you're posting, when you're using a lot of social media today that's so prevalent in the world, just to think about what sort of posts you're actually releasing out there and if they're truly going to bring people to the faith or not. That's a good guide for us. And so, Matt, just in light of this catechetical teaching on the use of memes and humor and evangelization, just could you share a little bit about maybe how you have used memes in social media? Yeah, sure. I guess basically there will be times where I'll see a meme and it'll present a really good point. I'll be really funny, sometimes in a way that's slightly rude, and I'll be like, "Eh, I'm not sure if I'll share that one. But Mm -hmm. 
if they're like just more straightforward and just simple and humorous and truthful, I'm like, okay, like that's, I'm just going to have to share that. Hope for the best. If you get an angry comment, not even an angry comment, I guess that's not the best, but like just a comment on it, questioning it, it just opens a very good, like you're saying, opportunity to discuss the faith with somebody. At the very least, I'm going to help people see that, hey, there are people who recognize that like there is a god this isn't just something from like days past like Mm -hmm. when you see someone especially like my age sharing a catholic meme it's like oh i didn't know that was a thing (laughs) (laughs) right yeah sure do you have any favorite memes that you've seen floating around there i'd have to look around to see them but Mm -hmm. what you're saying the things jesus never said ones those are very very good (laughs) i enjoy those Those yeah funny Sure. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. One of the memes, I guess, that I've come across a lot, and it often comes around at Advent time or Christmas time. It, it's just really cool because it's this quote from Aladdin. So it portrays the Blessed Mother with Jesus in her womb. And I think it says like, something like infinite cosmic power, itty bitty living space. <laughs> and so it's just, it's really, it portrays that beautiful truth that Jesus has infinite cosmic power, like the genie in Aladdin, and yet itty bitty living space because he took the form of a human being and developed in the womb of the Blessed Mother. And so I, I, I love that meme. That's the one that's coming to my mind right now. But th- there's an infinite number of, there's so many awesome little humorous memes out there that portray these truths of the faith in, in a funny, lighthearted way. So that's great that we have those available for our use. And so Matt, as we wrap up today, just going to ask you if you could give us, give our listeners a couple tips and some practical advice for how you have been able to be a good evangelist and what people can do to be better evangelists in the world today. Sure. So I'd say focus on radiating Christ and his joy to others because nothing's really going to draw somebody as well as just the joy and love of God and really try to make yourself diminish and God increase in you and like in others' view of you. And I'll say like, don't be afraid to use humor, like we were saying. Don't be some like, stone face like really just like I don't know, flat face all the time joyless looking person like smile laugh be a happy person that god wants you to be any good parent wants to see their kids happy our father wants the same thing and just really live that out and not only will that bring him more joy but also guide others around us to be like hey what's this they got going on that like they're just happy when they wake up at five in the morning and they're tired mm-hmm. also seek kind of a balance like, don't be someone like a little cloistered off human being in your room all the time, like afraid you're going to go out and sin. Just go out and be, go out into the world and communicate with people. Be a normal person. Just don't fall into the traps of the world and like be in the world, but not of it. Right. And lastly, I have to say is just pray a lot because I think there's a quote from, I think, St. Luigi Orione, or I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it's something along the lines of, Every good work starts in prayer, even when you were on stay on your knees spiritually before the Lord. Because it's so true. Like, we can't do anything without God. We're just, we're useless without him. If you're going to have any success, you need to know that you can't rely on yourself. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, I, I just want to follow up on that, too. That's that's an awesome idea for us to consider. Because I remember uh, St. Mother Teresa now, when she was in Calcutta doing work, and a lot of people came up to her and approached and said, Mother, I think you could be doing so much more work if you cut down the prayer time. And so that's when she decided that it was time to double the amount of prayer because their work was so futile without 
the Blessed Sacrament, without their time in adoration before the Lord, without their time with Mass and receiving the Eucharist. And so that was a wake-up call for her that she was just, in response to that, thinking, we need to add more prayer time so that we can be stronger when we go out and evangelize, like you said, because God is in, in charge of this. It's not just something that we can do on our own effort. And so that's so important for us to remember just that the Holy Spirit can anoint all that we do and can make it way better than we could without him. So thank you so much, Matt, for the interview today. I just want to remind our listeners as we close today, just to make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any other podcast app to the Word of Mouth podcast. It's all about evangelization. Have local evangelists in St. Louis, people that are out there in the secular world just doing great work to bring the gospel to all people in creative ways. And so please subscribe at uh, one of those apps. Just search for the Archdiocese of St. Louis to find us. And once you subscribe, make sure to rate us and share us with all your friends and family members. So this has been just another episode of the Word of Mouth podcast. I am your host, Michael Horn, and we had a wonderful guest today, Matt Costa. May God bless you today and always. Peace.